0: We are continuing the sacrifice code today, and I'm going to do it again one more, one more time next week, but uh, as I was reflecting, I thought that I left something on the table, Sister Madeline, so I don't like to leave food on the table. I like to eat all my food, so allow me today to allow us to eat everything from Genesis chapter 22 that God laid on my heart to speak to you about as we consider the sacrifice code we are in genesis chapter 22 one more time today and i want you to stand with me as we consider this text one more time and my my, my prayer is that you may see new let me not, 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 not I say that you, you may get something new from this particular text please stand as we read god's word together genesis 22 is not on the screen so you're gonna need to flip turn whatever you got to do to get to the word this morning please do that The clock says 1130. Uh, I don't know if I can do it in 30 minutes, but I'm going to try. You know what I mean? Uh, Genesis 22. If you got to say amen, pastor. I heard you, Jeff. I heard you. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Sister Lydia, here I am. Mm. I want you to pay attention to the posture of Abraham, his position before God this particular morning. This is what he says. God says to Abraham in verse 2, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. I'm going to read a little bit more scripture this morning. Verse 3 says, So Abraham rose early in the morning. Saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac and he cut wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him on the third day. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. And I and the boy will go over there and worship. Come on now. He's worshiping. He's worshiping at Erevo. And worship and come again to you. Yes, part of worship is sacrifice. And Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, this is the most beautiful verse. Pay attention to this one. And Abraham said, God will provide. Are you liking something this morning? The text says, God will provide himself, the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So again, they went both of them together. Let me quickly rush from nine to 12. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built The altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. It amazed me right here. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. Laid his son on the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. The third time. Here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Have nothing, possess nothing. Part two. Let us pray. Father God, speak to us today because we need you to do that. And use this person called Henry to speak to your people. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know about y'all, Sister Patricia, but there are times in my life that I tend to do things that make me scratch my head because I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm not going to do that. It's impossible, Brother Malolo, for me to do that. I never, ever again will I do it because I, I don't want to do foolish things. I don't know if you can relate to what I'm trying to lay on you right now. So, me and my friends, Dr. Regina, are going to the airport and we take the right exit and we know we're going to the airport. And as we're going to the airport and we get near where we're supposed to exit, my friend cracks a joke, I'm not gonna repeat the joke here because it's not sanitized enough, it's not holy enough to be repeated right here, but my friend cracks a joke and I'm busy laughing, he's laughing. And we missed the exit to the airport, and we go around. It takes us 30 minutes to get back to the airport. I felt so foolish because I never thought, Brother Sotarsa, that I would do such a thing. I know the direction, I know where I'm supposed to go, but I make the wrong turn. And I'm feeling foolish at that particular moment. I don't know if you're right there with me today that you feel foolish about what you have done. You, you feel foolish about certain decisions. You, you said I will not click there again. You said I will not say that again. You, you said I will not buy that again. You, you, you said that I will not be with that person again. But there you are feeling foolish. I, I say this because sometimes... God will ask us to do foolish things. When I tell you, Brother Gunawan, have nothing, but possess nothing, that's, foolish, that's foolishness. How can I have something, have everything, but possess nothing? Pastor, I don't get what you're saying. I realize, Brother Ernest, I need to at least have a home to stay in. So so, h- how can you say that I can have everything but possess nothing, uh, br- br- brother? You're not. Uh, you'll be like, Pastor. I need to have a pair of shoes at least. So so so, what is this craziness you're saying? Have everything but possess nothing. Uh, we were talking about this last week. Abraham is a man who has everything. He he has it all, but he goes to the mountain to sacrifice his son. And by sacrificing his son, he's able to get everything because he made God numero uno. He made God number one. Allow me to put it like this. God's foolish, foolishest. I don't know if you can ever say that. Is wiser than your wisest idea. Okay, so you didn't feel like you didn't feel that like how you feel the swab in your nose. So let me help you to feel it for a moment. The Greeks looked at the sacrifice of Jesus as foolishness. But you and I today are in church because we believe that is the most wisest idea that exists. That a man could die for the whole world and anybody who says I believe in Jesus will be saved. And I'm glad that God's foolish ideas are wiser than mine. Amen somebody. It doesn't make sense sometimes when God says to you and I give back. Lord, I got bills to pay, I got trips to take, and you want me to give? And then he says, but if you give, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. So today, I want to lean into my foolish idea, have everything and possess nothing, and try to help you to understand, how do you get to the place where you have everything but possess nothing? So what I want to do today is very, 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 very simple. My sermon is very, very simple today. It's very plain today. But I hope it's going to be powerful in your life. I just want to take the story of Abraham and and pick out a few gems from that story and help you to see how do you get to the place that you have everything but possess possess nothing. Here it is, the first thing. Respond with a here I am when God calls. Okay, that's... Lying flat on you because you've been saying amen, but that's fine. I'm going to still try to, uh, to work this on you. Three times in the text, Abraham says, here I am. When God calls, he says, here I am. To me, it's an attitude that suggests a willingness to serve. It's an attitude that says, God, I'm your man. It's an attitude that says, if you can't find nobody, God, call me. If everybody else has turned you down, God, I will never, ever, ever turn you down. Perhaps Rachel and you get this a little bit better. We like to take selfies in our day and age. You know what I find amazing about selfies is that selfies allow you to take a picture without anybody's presence. Uh, In fact, you can never say, I was alone, therefore I could not take a picture. A selfie says, I got no excuse. I want to be seen, so I'm going to take a picture. A selfie says, I want somebody to look at me. I want somebody to say I was there. I want somebody to say I did it. I want somebody to say I ate it. So in the text when Aram says, "Here I am." He's saying, "Hey man, look at me. Look at what I have done. Look at where I want to go. Look at what I want to do for God." And is there somebody there who is saying, "God, here I am." Who is saying, "God, call me. God, you need somebody to serve. I'm your man." Is there somebody who is saying, "God, I'm going to stop running. God, I'm going to stop making excuses. God, when you need the money, I'm going to give the money. When you need the time, I'm going to give the time. When you need the resources, I got it. Okay, you're quiet because I'm getting in your system. Some of you are looking down already like, "Uh, Pastor, you're getting a little too close to me. That's what I want you to understand and feel. (laughs) I want you to feel it today. See, Abraham says, here I am, Lord. And what I love about, about what Abraham is trying to do, I went a little too fast, is this. You see, a here I am, Christian, a here I am is, is, is an, an eager response uh, to a call from God without any excuse. Amen to you, Lord. <laughs> amen and amen to you again. Amen for the third time. Abraham could have said, Lord, this is not the right time. Lord, I've just had my son, says the time for 13 years. He's only been with me for 13 years. Lord, all of my life, I'm now 100 years old. I don't have my, my, my I have not had a son. I've just had him for 13 years, God. I don't think that this is the right time. And to many of us, when God calls, we are not ready to respond. We tell God all the important things we got to do. And we pat ourselves on the back and make ourselves feel good because we tell God, God, I'm working so hard because the Bible says a man should provide for his family. Therefore, I'm not going to work and putting in all the hours. God, I'm doing an important thing for my family. I want my family to survive. I want my family to live. I want my family to enjoy life. So we pat ourselves on the back. Because somehow what we do for our family is more important than what God is asking us to do. Or some of us, were good. Lord, Lord, I need to do the degree right now. I need to get the master's. After I get the master's. After I get the the specialization. after, after, After I get the certificate. Lord, then I will serve you. Lord... Right now, it's not a good time because I'm trying to seal the deal with the one I love. We're going through the marriage counseling right now, and we're almost at the end. So after I get married, Lord, I'm going to (laughs) respond. Some of us, we we give the classic one. Pastor, I don't think I'm I'm capable. (laughs) If you saw my life, what I've done. You wouldn't want me to serve in church. So we 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 snake ourselves out of the call of God. But Abraham didn't worry about how convenient it was for him. He didn't care if it was gonna cost him a lot. All he understood is: God has sent me a request. And what I have to do is to respond to the request because that's what God is asking of me right here, right now. I- allow me to write you for a second and just help you to appreciate what I'm trying to tell you uh, today. Uh, one time we are, we are consoling a bereaved family right here at JCC. I called some of the leaders to, 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 to respond, but they have stuff to do. And I know that you have stuff to do. And there was nobody available. I called on one sister. She was supposed to attend the graduation of her daughter that day. But she canceled the graduation to attend the funeral because she said, Pastor, somebody needs to be consoled. Therefore, even though it's important for me to be there for my daughter, but because God has called, I'm going to be there. And here's somebody who's willing to do so- something like that. I know it's an important family event. I know you got to travel. I know you have invested time. But when God calls, are you willing to say, you know what? I'm going to pause my plan and play God's plan. I'm going to stop what I'm doing and get started with what God wants me to do. When God says, I need you, that is where I'm going to, to go. No excuses. And I believe brother and sister. When you get to that place that you're not willing to give God any excuse, you're willing to respond, that is when you start to now live the principle, have everything but possess nothing. Amen, somebody? I'm not saying to you, <laughs> give up your money. <laughs> I'm not saying sell all your clothes. No, nah. I'm simply saying when God is asking you to do something, who gets the priority? Who is the one who you're saying, God, <laughs> you are that important to me. Not what I have. Not who I am. Not where I want to go. But where you're calling me to do. And I want you to notice something, brother and sister. Notice notice this, uh, brother Victor. Two times when God calls Abraham, Abraham says, here I am. But also notice right here. When his son. Close to him he also says here i am okay i'm gonna make this one dance for you so you can you can really feel the rhythm with me abraham has this servant attitude for god but the same servant attitude he has for god <laughs> he's also giving it to his son are you seeing that okay you're not seeing it yet abraham doesn't say to Isaac, don't ask me questions. Because some of you parents, when your kids are asking questions, you tell shut up. <laughs> you ask them any questions. Just, just quiet. <laughs> no, Abraham says, yes, son. Abraham doesn't feel like he's older than Isaac. Therefore, he cannot lower himself down. He says, my son is calling me. My son needs me. Therefore, I'm going to respond. And therefore, I understand something. You see, when you're serving God correctly... You also serve people correctly. Are we together? Because some of us in our service to God, we end up putting people down. We end up making people feel like they're nothing. And God is saying, no, no, no. The same energy you give me, give the one who you live with. The same energy you give me, give your daughter, give your son, give your father, give your mother, give your brother, whoever they are. Because you cannot say I'm serving God whom you have never seen, and not serve people whom you see every day. You know why God makes your life difficult through relationships? You know why you have people in your life that kind of nag you and criticize you? You know why you have people in your life that you never want to talk to or call? Some of the most annoying people are our own brothers and sisters. I, I, got, I got brothers and sisters, y'all. <laughs> they annoy me. They, they annoy the heck out of me. <laughs> And sometimes I have to pray, Lord, put the spirit of Jesus in my heart. But what God is trying to show me, Henry, as much as you're serving your people in Indonesia, what is your family getting out of your ministry? Do you ever call your brother and your sister to pray for them? Do you ever spend time and just ask your brother, how is your Christian faith? God convicts me like that sometimes. This week, I didn't call my mom or my dad. In fact, I think I talked to my dad two weeks ago. But I I'm now preaching to you right now. After this, this preaching, and, and, and later in the afternoon, I'm going to call out my dad. Hey, dad, I just called to check on you. See how you're doing. Can I pray for you? And this is what a here I am Christian is all about. Whoever is in need of help, whoever they are, it doesn't matter whether they're older or younger than you. If they're calling, you say, here I am. No excuses. That's the first thing. Let's go to the second thing. If you're going to have everything and possess nothing, you got to know how to relate to my the right way. I want you to notice in the text, we read God telling Abraham, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, You or your is a second pronoun, a possessive pronoun. If you put that in the first person, it's my. All of us here, all of us, have something that we say my to. It's my job. It's my family. It's my money. It's my car. My relationship. My parents. My shoes. My phone. We all have something that we have put a my to that we love and there's nothing wrong with that but here God comes precisely for the very thing that Abraham says my to he says I want you to take your my and offer him there I want you to give it up And brother and sister, as I said last week, God is coming for whatever you call your mind to. He wants that. Now watch Abraham. And this is what I'm really after. Notice what Abraham does. Abraham rises up early in the morning. He saddles his donkey. If in our day today, he probably warmed up his car. And took two of his young men or maids and his son Isaac. Notice what, what is happening in the text. Abraham does not argue with God. He doesn't give God excuses. The only thing that God does is when God says, I want what you got, Abraham says, okay, God, I'm going to give it to you. Abraham did not hold on to his thing. He acted in a way that showed that what he had was not really his. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know if you're paralyzed or what not, but how I'm about to drop something deep on you right now. You see, a right relationship with my exists when you say yes to God every time he asks you of something. I'm going to preach to you because I think you're the one feeling this thing right now. Whenever God asks, you're willing to say, God, I'm going to give it to you. You're going to take it. You need my time? You got it. And I find that sometimes it's when I have made a plan, when I've really made a schedule, that sometimes I'm interrupted. Sometimes I get calls. Pastor, can you pray for me? And, and, and sometimes, true story, I say, you know, don't you know that I'm supposed to be working on the sermon right now? Why are you calling me right now? But sometimes, listen to this, when I respond to the call, God gives me what I needed to put into the word. (laughs) Oh, church, you're not here what I'm saying. When you do what God wants you to do, he finds a way to replenish your issues. When you do what God wants you to do, he finds a way to solve the issue. (laughs) When you find a way to do what God is saying, He finds a way to give you the answer that you're looking for. And so anytime you and I are giving God back something, God says, I saw it, I recorded it, and I'm going to get you back in a way that you needed, in a way that you did not expect. And sometimes... The people I prayed for that I felt was an interruption sometimes are the people who tell me pastor you're, you're, you're looking for a vegetarian place have you tried to go on Jalan Guna 51 there's a club say hot there <laughs> and there you can eat some good food that's how I discovered vegetarian food I was, I was struggling where am I going to eat healthy food but because of praying for people and talking to people God gave me what I needed amen somebody so God when he calls you he wants you to say yes and, and, and here is something I want to drop uh, to you because when I was reading the text, I, I discovered something that in the time of Abraham, it was not unusual, Sister Daisy, for a father or a mother to sacrifice a child. You look at that, Sister Linda, and say, Abraham and God are really crazy and out of their mind. But no, in the cultural concepts of the ancient East, Near Eastern people, the, the time when Abraham lived, uh, they believed watch this they believe that since it is God who gave me the son if he's asking for the son it is my duty to give him back so we see it as cruel actions but in reality they are simply saying God gave it to me and I'm going to give it back even though it seems unusual it seems irregular and, and extraordinary I'm going to give it to God because he's asked me of it Let me help you to to get what I'm trying to say. There are times you you get a subscription for certain apps. And they give you a license. And this license says that you own the app. So I I purchased uh, an app. It's called Accordance Bible Software. And um, after purchasing the app and the license, I, I felt like, This is mine. I own this now. I paid my money. Well, my mom helped me (laughs) because I was a student at the time. My mom's money paid for it. So it's, it's mine. So my friend asked me to use my license, so I gave it. Another friend asked me to use my license. I gave it. Then I got an email have you given your license to more than one person? So at that point, you have to make a decision. Are you going to be honest because God is looking at you? Or are you going to be honest because honesty is good? Or you're going to try to bend the truth a little bit? So I, I was conflicted <laughs> because my friends really needed it. He was working on the on, on paper and, and, and that kind of thing. So I decided to be honest. I said, yes, I've given it to a friend. I got an email back at Oray, and the email said, sir, the license only belongs to you. You cannot give it to other people. It clicked to me right then and there. I did not own the license. They just made me a steward of the license. I couldn't do with it whatever I wished. If I did something that was outside of the parameters of the software, the software seeing this, they could check me and put me in my place. So let me come for you. I know you own it. You got the degree. You work hard for it. You think you put your, your smarts into it. You got the relationship. You feel me? But you're only a steward. Hmm. God gets to check you if you're using what He has in the wrong place, at the wrong time, in the wrong way. That is why we have the Bible to regulate our lives because our lives are not our own. So, 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 when you feel it hard to give money, God is saying, What's wrong with you? When you think you can do with your body, whatever you wish, God is say, what's wrong with you? Well, you don't want to follow his will, God to say, what is wrong with you? I only gave you a license. You didn't create this. I'm the one who did. So I get to regulate what you do with what you have. And that's why you, are, you and me will understand what I'm trying to say. When you say to yourself, what I own is not mine, when you say to yourself, all I am is a steward, all I am is a manager, then when God is asking for what is His, you will give it. But many of us, we're not comfortable with being managers. We want to be CEOs and, 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 and creators. No, God didn't make you a CEO, He made you a manager. And the sooner you understand that, the better it is going to be for you. The sooner you understand that, you're going to have everything and possess nothing. Look at A.W. Tozer. He says something very interestingly here. He says, let the average man be put to the proof on the question of who is above And his true position will be exposed. Let him be forced into making a choice between God and money. Between God and men. Between God and personal ambition. God and self. God and human love. And God will take second place every time. Second place every time. How do you feel? When your parents tell you. We love you but never give you gifts or take you places. How do you feel when the person you're dating says, "I love you so much," but they've never taken you to a nice restaurant? How do you feel when the company says, "We value you," but they never promote you? You don't feel like your first place, right? You feel like you are second place. And our, aren't we doing the very same thing to God? God, I love you. We don't serve in church. God, I love you, but we never tell anywhere about Jesus. God, I love you, but we don't give the money. God, I love you, and... We are stuck on being baby Christians. We don't read the Word. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Or we'll post places. But when was the last time you posted a Bible verse? God, I love you. (laughs) Lip service. God is second place in many of our lives. And you know why that is so? It's because what we have is more important Than God. We are possessed. By things. And Abraham is teaching you and I. You got to move. From being possessed by possessions. You got to be possessed by the power and the spirit of God. That is when you're going to be free. And liberated. When the stock market is going up and down. You're cool. Because you know you know who got your back. When they say it's over, you're cool because you know who has your back. When people are talking about you, you're cool because you know who has your back. Because when you have God, you have everything and nothing possesses you. And brother and sister, that is what the sacrifice code is all about. To get to that place that nothing possesses us. Let me say one more thing. I'm going to be done real quick. Here, let me, let me just drop the, the, the third gem. And I'm done with this. You got to retire the worry of lack and hide the focus of what God sees. The other day, I had money. It was a lot of money to me. I went to run, and then after running, I, I put it somewhere. And... Um, I couldn't find it. And I was thinking about buying Pokari Sweat and uh, MyZone and drinking a little, eating a little Gato Gato. <laughs> so that money, I wanted it. <laughs> I was missing that money. And I know that some of us today are lacking things. We're missing something. And so we think that the moment we get what we're lacking, then life is going to be okay. Now I want you to notice that in the story we have lack. Isaac says to the father, "Father, we don't have a lamb; it's lacking. Nga ada. We don't have it because he was focusing on lack. And for somebody, the lamb is money. It's it's a relationship. It's it's qualification." You are looking, I don't have it, God. And every day your prayers are, Lord, this and that I'm lacking. But I want you to notice what Abraham says to, 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 to his son. He says to him, God will provide for himself for a burnt offering, my son. Don't worry about what you're lacking. Let God take care of what you're lacking. Amen. I know you say amen, but let me let me disappoint you, amen, right now. Because this translation is not the right translation. I want you to see what Abraham actually says. And God will provide in Hebrew is the verb Ra'ah, which means to see. And we're introduced to this verb in Genesis chapter 1, verse 4. The Bible says, And God saw that the light and it was good. When Ra'ah is used, it it simply means somebody has evaluated something and has said, oh, this is nice. This is a nice place. Ra'ah. She's a nice person. Ra'ah. He's a good preacher. Mm. Ra'ah. This is what Abraham is saying to his son. Son, do not worry about what is lacking. God is going to evaluate our situation And give us the very best that we need. (laughs) So Abraham says something so powerful. And I was dancing right there. But then I read a little further. Watch this. I read a little further. In verse 12, God says to Abraham, Do not lay your hand on on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And then I did a little study at Urivo. I discovered something. The adjective to fear is also ra'ah in Hebrew. It's going to take off right now for you. Ra'ah to see and ra'ah to fear, they are not the same word. But they sound the same in Hebrew. And what Moses was trying to help us to understand is what the story is really all about. The story is not about a lack of a lamb. The story is to help us to see the fear of Abraham. In other words, Abraham should not be concerned about what he doesn't have. The question is, what can God see in Abraham's life? Can he see a willingness to obey Can he see a willingness to do what God says? And God says, now that I see that you're willing to obey me, then I'm going to give you what you are lacking and what you need. So the issue is not what is lacking. The issue is, can God see that you fear him? Hmm? So why? You may lack many things, but never lack in the fear of God. Wow. I worked hard for that. I thought you would give me a better amen than that. Hey, so I'm going to replay it to give you a second chance because God is a gives people a second chance. So let me, let me do that one more time. While you may lack things, but never lack fear of God. Ooh, yeah, that, that was better. That was better. That was better. You, you did it. You did it. God bless you. And today I want the brother and the sister to, to stop worrying about what you don't have. But when God is looking at you and seeing your life, What is he seeing? Some of us he's seeing rebellion. Some of us he's seeing complaints. Some of us he's seeing doubt. And some of us he's seeing irreconcilable differences. But the moment you allow God to see that you fear him. God is going to provide what you need, because that moment Abraham looked up and he saw a lamb in the in the the thicket. It was right there. The lamb was right there. He didn't have to hike for it. He had to pay for it. God gave it. He had everything while he possessed nothing. Brother and sister, that's what I want us to get to today. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done brothers. You can, you can help me play right here. Let's, let's put this thing to, to, to bed. That's what God wants to see in you. And the moment you get to the place where you're willing to sacrifice whatever it is, you're going to have whatever you're lacking. Don't sacrifice God to get what you're lacking. Sacrifice what you are lacking. For God. Every head is bowed. Every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Father God, we have heard your word today. We want to have everything. But possess nothing. We want you to look at our lives. As lives that fear you. We want to prioritize you, God. We want to live for you, God. And we are promised that you are going to give us what we need. A brother and a sister today is lacking something, Lord, and the the, the need is real. I'm just praying, Father, for you to provide based upon their confidence and obedience in you. Please give strength to a brother and a sister today. Please give hope to somebody who is hopeless today. Please give courage to somebody who is discouraged. And Father, like Abraham... Give us the lamb that we need. And above all, Lord, we are thankful that the lamb is none other than Jesus Christ. And you gave him for us. And therefore, we have everything. And we don't like anything. So, brother, may, so God, may this be our hope. And Lord, may you make it our experience. In Jesus' name. Amen. If that word spoke to you, respond. And you can do that on the number on the screen reach out to us. Tell us what you need. Is it prayer? Is it counseling? Is it Bible study? Is it preparation for baptism? Tell us and we are more than happy to reach out to you. Has the Lord inspired you to partner with us in ministry? You can do that as well by giving any amount of your choice in the account number on the screen. We believe that Jesus is coming soon and one of the ways we want to help the coming of Jesus happen is to prepare you And you can partner with us and help us to be able to do this mission. So do not withhold what the Lord has blessed you with. Do not withhold what the Lord is asking you to give because somebody may just be saved and be a part of the kingdom because of your gift. May God bless you. And I'm going to see you soon and take care.